Hey, it's Lily Jamali. Marketplace Tech has a new limited series out on YouTube called Decoding Democracy. With rapid advancements in new technology like AI, disinformation efforts are more convincing and more misleading than ever. So we'll be discussing how to spot things like deep fakes, how to protect yourself from disinformation, and how to talk to your friends and family about it. As always, this fact-based journalism and vital information will be free and accessible to all. As a public service newsroom, donations from you help us take on ambitious reporting projects like this one. Every single gift makes a difference. Go to marketplace.org slash give tech. To celebrate Marketplace's 35th anniversary, we made some throwback thank you gifts you can get when you donate during this March fundraiser. We took our old dot-com era logo and put it on a sticker, a glass mug, a tote bag, and a t-shirt. No matter how you donate, you can get a fun piece of Marketplace history. Check them out at marketplace.org slash give tech. These limited edition gifts are only available through March 22nd. Get yours at marketplace.org slash give tech. If fighting discrimination in AI is the next frontier in civil rights, what's the plan? From American Public Media, this is Marketplace Tech. I'm Lily Dramali. In 2017, MIT grad student Joy Balamwini, whose family is from Ghana, shared the challenge of getting facial analysis software to notice her. Hi, camera. Can you see my face? You can see her face. What about my face? It couldn't detect her until she put on a white mask. The reason, she argued, algorithmic bias. Fighting it is one goal of the executive order on AI unveiled yesterday by the Biden administration. Balamwini, author of the new book Unmasking AI, says the executive order is a step in the right direction. This EO sets out the framework for what a standard should look like, what guidelines should look like. But really, we're going to need to look at the implementation across a number of different um, agencies and offices. And so with what's been laid out, it's quite comprehensive, which is great to see because we need a full press approach given the scope of AI. It's not a siloed kind of conversation, nor would it take a siloed uh, set of provisions. And how do you get that right implementation if you are the Biden administration? I think part of it is continuing what they have been doing in terms of making sure that you have a wide range of stakeholders involved in setting the frameworks and the guidelines and standards. So in the past, one thing we've had to be really careful about is corporate capture. So if you only have the tech companies advising on what legislation should be and what regulation should be, it's not too surprising that it would favor uh, the company. So I think it's critical to continue to include the voices of civil rights organizations. It's critical also to include youth voices. And this is an area that I think uh, could be expanded. And are there any areas where this executive order falls short? Where I certainly think the executive order could be strengthened is around biometric protections. And so uh, 
a lot of my work focuses on bias in facial recognition uh, technology. Some of my earlier research showed gender bias, skin type bias, mapping to racial bias in AI systems coming from Amazon, Microsoft, IBM, and uh, a number of other uh, companies. And my concern is with biometric rights, we could be moving toward greater government adoption of these tools without having alternatives in place. A few years ago, I wrote about the IRS adopting a third-party vendor without public scrutiny as a way of accessing uh, basic tax services. And so I would want to see biometric protections put in place at the federal level so that you are not required to submit your uh, face data to access government services and that the alternatives provided, whether it's going to a local post office or something else, are accessible and convenient so that it's truly a real alternative. So if I'm not mistaken, this is something you've also flagged in the context of the TSA as well. Tell me about that. Yes. So we know that the TSA is planning on expanding facial recognition scans to over 400 uh, airports. Uh, They have been uh, piloting it in a couple dozen uh, so far. And at the Algorithmic Justice League, over the summer, we launched a campaign for travelers to share their experiences, if they saw any signage, if they knew they had the right to opt out. And what we were seeing appears to be uh, coerced consent or uninformed consent uh, at best, where people don't even know they have the right uh, to opt out. And so what we were seeing with reports coming in from the algorithmic uh, Justice League are the stated practices you might read on the TSA website, clear and visible signage, et cetera, versus people's lived experiences uh, were not uh, matching up. And so I think it's really important people have a clear choice when it comes to if their biometric data uh, is used. We'll be right back with more on the Biden administration's new executive order on AI with computer scientist Joy Balamwini. You're listening to Marketplace Tech. I'm Lily Jamali. We're back with Joy Balamwini. She's the founder of the Algorithmic Justice League and author of the book Unmasking AI, out today. She says the government should do more to protect the creative rights of Americans in the age of artificial intelligence. As a new member of the Authors Guild and also the National Association of Voice Actors, having just written a book and also recorded uh, the audio book for it, uh, I've been looking more at the creative economy and the impact of generative uh, AI on many of these areas. And so I do think it's important when it comes to creative rights that, first of all, there's consent for the use of copyrighted data, which we haven't seen in the development of so many systems, that there is compensation, that there is control whether or not you want to be in it in the first place, and also where there is credit. And I definitely think many artists, creatives, writers, 
have not been credited for their contributions to AI. And in fact, it would not make sense to credit them if their copyrighted data was taken without um, permission. And so that's a, those four C's for creative rights, I certainly would want to see strengthened um, with future actions from the administration. I want to get your reaction to something from NetChoice, which is a trade association that includes a lot of big tech platforms. Their response to this is they're calling this executive order an AI red tape wish list. They say it will stifle new companies and competitors from entering the marketplace and significantly expand the power of the federal government over American innovation. What do you think when you hear that kind of language, the red tape wish list specifically? I understand that industry doesn't want to be regulated and it's easier to position accountability as being anti-innovation, which is not. It reminds me of when cars were introduced, right? The car companies, they didn't want seatbelts or licenses or um, uh, traffic lights. But eventually, because people were pushing for safety, those guardrails were put in place and it didn't stop innovation, right? But it did say we can innovate within parameters that minimize risk and minimize harms. And that is the job of the government to do what industry is not incentivized to do. And does this executive order give Congress something to work with long term? Absolutely. I do think that process will be long and ongoing, but oftentimes you hear how you move from principles to practice, and we're getting a roadmap here. That was Joy Bellamwini, author of Unmasking AI. It's a lot easier to believe algorithmic bias is real when you see it for yourself. To that end, we've linked to Joy Bellamwini's demo from her 2017 TED Talk, which we mentioned at the top of the show. It's on our website, marketplacetech.org. Bellamwini says preventing harm from algorithmic discrimination is critical, but so is redress for harms that people have already suffered. We've linked to a white paper from the UC Berkeley Center for Long-Term Cybersecurity, which notes there aren't extensive mechanisms in place now to do this. Bellamwini says having systems in place to keep track of such incidents would help. Housing discrimination fueled by AI against protected groups is just one real-world example. Monday's executive order directs the Department of Housing and Urban Development to draft guidance to fight that in tenant screenings, for example, within 180 days. Jesus Alvarado produced this episode. I'm Lily Jamali, and that's Marketplace Tech. This is 8 p.m.